Catholic Seminole Church. Hi, I'm Mal. Now that Thanksgiving is behind us, we can officially kick off Christmas season. We're beginning a special Christmas series based on some of our favorite Christmas carols. The spiritual truths they contain are important for us year-round, not just during the holidays. If at any time during the service you have a comment or prayer request, please use the comment section or you can go online to seminalchurch.com forward slash prayer. It's time to begin our service. I'll see you after. Good morning. Welcome. We're going to get started with some worship this morning. Would you stand if you're in this room and not watching online? And we're going to sing together.
words from Psalm 18. This is from David's heart. It says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Did you hear all those mys? David specifically chooses those words. He personalizes them because he knows God intimately. God is so real to him. He's so close. He's so active. And you know what? The same is for us. God is with us. And I want to encourage you to ask God this week, show me where you're working. Show me more of you. God would love to answer that. Because when you understand that who God is, there's a confidence, not in yourself, but in who God is. And then you can build your life on him. Because then we can say like David, that there is no one like him. Let's sing this next song together.
So it's really nice weather outside today, right? Whenever my kids walk out and it's like even the slightest bit cold, they're like, it's Christmas outside. And it is. It's Christmas outside. Um, So brace yourself. We're about to do a Christmas carol, which I'm excited about. I hope you are too. Um, It's called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel literally means God with us. So it's a modern twist on a traditional carol, but all the words are the same. So I hope that you guys can sing along with us as we worship him, God with us.
bow and pray with me. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this reminder that you are with us. You are our Emmanuel. And God, we thank you so much for your presence, that there is power in your presence, knowing that we don't walk a moment on our own, that you are with us in each and every circumstance. There is confidence that we have not in ourselves, but in you and you alone. God, remind us this week that you are close, that you are with us, that you will never, ever leave us. We thank you for that truth. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Good morning, and welcome to Seminole Community Church. We're so glad you've joined us today, and we hope you're enjoying a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. We want to thank so many of you who helped provide a bountiful Thanksgiving feast for so many local families in need by donating to our Thanksgiving bag drive. Today will be the last Sunday to put your gift in the chest of Joash, but you can continue to give to the special offering throughout the rest of the year. There's only one more weekend left before our kickoff of Christmas Village. It'll be December 10th through the 12th and the 17th through the 19th from 6.30 to 9.30 nightly. You may have noticed some giant Christmas cards in various states of completion in the pavilion. They'll be lining the drive to greet visitors who will enjoy hot dogs and s'mores around the fire, Christmas music and lights, a photo booth, as well as games and crafts for the kids. Plan on coming and bringing lots of friends, family, and neighbors. We're still looking for volunteers to help with setup, cleanup, and all the activities in between. So if you can help, sign up online or at Next Steps. You also may have noticed the stack of boxes in the lobby, which are part of our Hope for Haiti program. This is such a great way to help kids focus on the giving aspect of Christmas. Just pick up a box for the gender and age you'd like to shop for and fill it with small toys, clothing, hygiene items, or school supplies. Bring it back in the next two weeks with $10 for shipping, as well as any food or clothing donations that we can include in our shipment to Open Door Haiti. The Ladies' Christmas Ornament Exchange is coming up on Friday, December 10th from 7 to 9. May the odds be ever in your favor. Okay, so it's not exactly the Hunger Games, but it has been known to bring out a spirited sense of competition and fun. Women 16 and up are invited to bring a wrapped ornament to exchange, along with a snack to share. You never know which ornaments will be the most sought after, a beautiful angel or snow globe, 
or maybe a Star Wars character, something just plain weird. It's always a really fun way to make new friends. Christmas Eve is on a Friday this year, and there will be four services to choose from at 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. You will need a ticket for the service you want to attend for each member of your group, but they're free and can be reserved online. Those tickets will become available next Sunday, December 5th, and the primetime slots fill up fast, so be sure to make plans and get your tickets early. With four services, we need an army of volunteers to help with drinks, cookies, parking, greeting, and set up and clean up. You can sign up to volunteer at Next Steps. We're beginning a special Christmas series today to prepare us for the season ahead. If you love Christmas carols as I do, you're in for a treat as we examine how some of our favorite carols can help us remember the meaning of the season. Here's Pastor Jerry. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. It's going to be, I mean, this doesn't get any better than this Thanksgiving weekend. And we turn the page and uh, we start setting up Christmas decorations and all of those things. Good to see so many of you here face to face and a group out in the pavilion uh, weathering the cold. Our church is just full of people from all walks of life. From parkas to flip-flops today. I just love it. You know, from from shorts to fur. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to have a great time. Um, I'm excited about this new series. Thank you for joining us, those of you who are watching online. I know a lot of you are out of town for the weekend um, or maybe the whole week of Thanksgiving. Um, you missed a great pie social if you weren't here uh, this Wednesday night. We had an incredible time. Packed the house. Had great time outside. Uh, all the pies were the most organized our church has ever been. I walked out there and I saw all the pies on these little plates with all these little labels, and I thought, I'm going to have to resign as pastor of this church. This is like way too OCD for me, you know. But it was kind of nice to be able to find the kind of pie you wanted and know what it was. So it was, <laughs> I don't know who did all of that, but wow. Um, it made it uh, very easy so I could pick out my six pieces of pie. Uh, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, not really. <laughs> um, two quick things, maybe more. Um, today is, as uh, Julie said, the last day officially that you can place an offering in our chest of Joash offering. That's the offering we take as a Thanksgiving offering. Uh, we have a very generous church. All of those offerings that go to chest of Joash, really all year long you can give to that. Some of you do regularly. Thank you so much. Uh, that provides us with all the buildings, all the upkeep, all the special projects that we do around here. Talked about that a few weeks ago, and I want to thank you uh, for that. I also want to thank Doug and um, Rich for being here for me last week so I could go up to North Carolina and do a wedding uh, for some people who are like family to me. The Burkettes had a wedding up there um, on a Sunday, uh, so Nancy and I drove there and back, and we braved the traffic. The traffic was just I mean, it was it was it was white knuckle driving, not in the mountains. I'm talking about when we got back to Florida on I-95. It was just crazy. Uh, so it's good to be back. Uh, we got back uh, Monday. We're here Wednesday. Had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And um, two other quick things on the back of your program. I know you're not ready to say. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. But New Year's is coming. Okay, and I know, I know, 
I just want you to decide early, I'm going to do something spiritually in the new year. I'm going to set some spiritual goals in the new year. Whenever it makes a resolution, I'm going to give you the easiest one you can get, and that is we're going to be doing 40 days of community starting January 9th. And I know some of you are pinching pennies for Christmas, so we got a deal for you. The books are usually 16 bucks for both books. You'll need both books, uh, $8 a piece, um, and they're like a 25% off, only $12 through December the 19th while they last. We only have 250 books, 250 slots. Um, you can start signing up later in the month. I just want you to start thinking, hey, we're going to do that this year. Last year we missed out because it was 2021 and we were in the middle of a pandemic and we didn't we pushed it till after Easter. Um, so we're going to do 40 days of community. We've never done this spiritual growth campaign before. Hope you'll jump into that. And the last thing, um, this is the holiday gift card season. One of the ways we help some families within our church who need some help to have a great Christmas for their family is I give them the gift card. So many of you have been a benefit of that, and many, many more of you have supported that. So if you want to get your Christmas cards and get them to me, gift cards to Walmart or the mall or Visa card or Target or whatever, get them to me. I'll make sure they get to those families. Uh, just come up to me. If you're online and you're not planning on, you're out of town for December, you're not going to be here, you can give to the benevolence line item when you give online. All right, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, like I said. It's great to see you here. I can't believe we are kicking off a Christmas series. Where did this year go, right? Um, it's hard to believe that Christmas season is upon us already. But everywhere you go, you see people putting up their Christmas trees, putting out their Christmas lights, getting those giant inflatables. We have like a 40-foot Rudolph in our neighborhood. It's a little intimidating. Um, like I'm going to have my little baby Yoda out there. Yoda is like, I don't know if I should even bother with this kind of a thing. Um, maybe that's how it is at your house. Uh, decorations are starting to go up at our house as well. But then you also can't go into a store anywhere in Central Florida without hearing Christmas, Christmas music, can you? Is anybody tired of Christmas music yet? They started the day after Halloween in some stores. Cracker Barrel was ready, let me tell you. Um, they've been celebrating Christmas a long time. Today, as we kick off this brand new Christmas Carol series, I want to start with kind of a pop quiz game sort of thing. So grab your pen, open up your worship guide. You've got some white space down there at the bottom. I, want, I have a list of the top ten Christmas songs of all time, according to Spotify. And I want you to write down what you think are five of the top ten Christmas songs that you think made the Spotify list. So I want you to start writing right now, down to the bottom in the white space, right under Matthew, above the youth schedule. You're going to write down five Christmas songs, five Christmas songs that you think are on the top ten. You know, maybe they're your favorite, but not necessarily. If your favorite is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, that's not on there. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. That's like scratch that one off, put another one. And then I'm going to read you the top ten from worst to first or from tenth to first. And, um, and you'll see how many you got. Okay, I'm going to give you two minutes starting my watch um, at one minute and 30 seconds because I've been talking that long. So jot them down. Favorite Christmas song that you think is on the all-time list on Spotify. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that Jeopardy theme music? 
Dun, 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 dun. Some of y'all watch too much TV. What do you think? Grandma got over by a rainbow? Christmas shoes is also not on there. I'm so sorry, Christmas shoes. Somebody's like, that's my favorite song. You know? Butterfly Kisses isn't even a Christmas song. Just scratch that off right now. That is not a Christmas song. I heard that last weekend, though. It's a wedding song. Y'all got them down, all five? Those of you who are participating, others of you are like, I'm not writing down Christmas songs. You, you don't know. There may be a $100 gift card for whoever gets all five. There may be. At some church somewhere. <clears throat> we don't have a $100 gift card, so don't get mad at me if you fill them all out and don't get them. All right, are we ready to play? Yeah? Anybody need more time? You got them. You had them ready before you even got here. All right, number 10. Now, this is Spotify, so don't get all mad at me. Number 10, Frank Sinatra, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Some of you might have to explain to your young people who Frank Sinatra was. Number 9, I was surprised at this one, Band-Aid. Do they know it's Christmas at all? Okay, back in the 80s, they did the, the Live Aid, the Band-Aid, they... They sang, do they know it's Christmas at all? You hear this all the time. Number seven by Bobby Helms. Oops, sorry, number eight. Number eight by Bobby Helms. Jingle Bell Rock. How many of you had that one down? Anybody? Oh, yeah, that's good. Number seven. Nancy got this one right away when I was quizzing her yesterday. This is the first one she guessed. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Brenda Lee. Number six. My world history teacher, Andy, Andy Williams. I guess he was American history. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Anybody went to Seminole High School, APA, American history? Our teacher was Andy Williams. He didn't sing, though. Now, I know these have all been way too old. All the young people are going, who are these old people, right? But I got one here that I had never heard before. And he's like, yeah, you've heard it, you've heard it. I'm like, no, I don't think I have. Justin Bieber. What song? Mistletoe. How many of you had that one down? Good. Nobody. That's excellent. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it, just to be read. All right. And one of my favorite artists is Michael Buble. He had a lot of them in the top 25. He only had one in the top 10. Number four is It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas by Michael Buble. Almost anything he sings is, is perfect. He's my second favorite Christmas artist. Number one group for me, pentatonics, anything they sing. How do they do that without instruments? Number three, Ariana Grande. Don't mispronounce her name. It's not Ariana Vente. It's Ariana Grande. She's shorter than that. Sant Starbucks fans will like that. Santa Tell Me. Never heard of it, huh? Have you ever heard of her even? You know? Yeah, okay. Um, number two, everybody hears all the time. When you think about it, this is always up there. Wham! Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Yeah. And before we do number one, who wants to holler it out? Who, who thinks they know what number one is? Holler it out. Who do you think? Silent Night. What is it? Mariah Carey. The number one Christmas time song of all time. All I want for Christmas is you. 
And I'm like, how is I, I, I'll be home for Christmas not up there? And how in the world is I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, Bing Crosby not up there? And for me, Silver Bells by Johnny Mathis, I'm old, y'all. We played records. Now, they're making a comeback. Vinyl, they call them now. It's all in marketing, okay? <laughs> now, listen. Who got five? Anybody get five? Okay, I get to keep the $100. Great. Now listen, these are the songs that most people think of when they think of Christmas. Along with Jingle Bells and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, these are our Christmas songs. People think of songs about Santa and reindeer and Christmas trees and decorations and all of these things. And many of us, for many of us, these songs bring back some real childhood memories, some nostalgia. Let me tell you, we are going to have a nostalgic Christmas Eve this year. We're going to have a lot of nostalgia with some throwbacks to the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And for some of your throwback is to the year 2000. So um, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. But did you know the original music of Christmas, the songs that we call Christmas carols, are about far more than just nostalgia or tradition. The original songs of Christmas, we call them Christmas carols, they were written specifically to tell us the good news of God's love for us that was revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Since he was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, people have been writing songs about that event. And the good news of Christmas, of course, it's still the same good news that the angels, first Christmas song ever, angels were singing it on that night. On Luke 2, verse 10 and 11, it says, Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So you see, Christmas carols, the original Christmas songs, were all about the celebration of the birth of Jesus. And that's what the word carol actually means. Carol is a song of praise, or it's a song of joy. While they may bring you some nostalgic Christmas memories on the ones we're going to look at in this series, the Christmas carols were actually written so that we could understand, so that people could understand some important theological, theological truths about who Jesus was and why he came. So over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to look at the Christmas story through the eyes of some of our favorite Christmas carols. Um, next week we're going to look at through the eyes of O Come All Ye Faithful, and we'll sing O Come All Ye Faithful. And two weeks from now we're going to do one of my favorites, O Holy Night. Um, and we'll talk about how Christmas brings hope to the world. And then we're going to continue this series the week before Christmas. I think that's the 19th. Uh, we'll be talking about Away in a Manger. Um, and then finally uh, we'll wrap up on the week. We have no live face-to-face churches December the 26th. Everybody will be online, and I'll be teaching Silent Night, Holy Night. But today we're starting with a song probably not so familiar to you. You kind of got the gist of it as we were singing it. It's a modern twist we did on an old song, but I think it was probably a throwback to probably how it was done a thousand years ago. The song, O Come Emmanuel, is actually a thousand years old. It's one of our oldest Christmas carols that we know of. It was originally sung in monasteries. 
by monks during the season of Advent. And you can kind of hear some of that monastic chant going on. So when you guys added all the whoa, whoa, whoa's, I think that's probably how it was back then. You know, they, they added those as well. There was a lot of Owen going on. One of the monks was named Owen. Owen, go, go. I'm only kidding. Here's the most interesting about this song to me, though. It was actually written about a time before Jesus' birth. It was written about the time when Israel were being, the people of Israel were being persecuted. They were put under great stress and trouble. They were hoping for the Messiah to come. They were looking forward to the Messiah. In fact, that's why when the carol says, Oh, come, Emmanuel, its most significant word is the word that Kristen mentioned, is the word Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? We find the answer to this over in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 1, as Matthew's writing the Christmas story. I want to read you chapter 1, verse 21 to 23. It says, And she, Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Will you underline those last four words, God is with us? We're going to come back to that in just a minute. But first, I want you to see what Matthew's saying here. The angel is saying that Jesus' purpose in the world, this is before Jesus is even born, is to save us from our sins. Same things that the that the angels say on the night that he was born. And then Matthew goes back to a prophecy from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And that prophecy took place 700 years before Jesus' birth. So we're talking that he's going all the way back 2,700 years from now. And that Old Testament prophecy was fulfilled through Jesus. By the way, there were over 300 Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled through Jesus. That's just another reason why we can trust God's word. We can trust, because whatever God says he's going to do, he does. 100% of the time. 300 times over, in Jesus' case, there are prophecies that are fulfilled because God said it would be that way, and of course it was. So Jesus fulfills these prophecies that were told about him, all of these prophecies that were made about him. And then he says something very important. He says that God loves us so much that he had a plan. Now, I want you to think about that. God had a plan to save us even before we were born. In fact, God had a plan to save us even before Jesus was born. And the prophet Isaiah wrote that down 700 years before Jesus was born, that God had a plan to save us. And he talks about this in the name Emmanuel. What does it mean? I want you to jot it down. On your outline, Emmanuel means God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God is with us. How many of you ever thought or prayed, God, please be with us? Maybe you're on your way to Thanksgiving dinner and your kids are going at it in the back of the car and you're thinking, God, please be with us because these kids are going to kill kill each other, you know. I'm going to have to pull over, take my flip-flop off. 
you're in Florida. Or maybe you drove in Thanksgiving traffic like we were driving. Um, it wasn't even really Thanksgiving yet. It was a Monday before Thanksgiving. We're on 95, and semi-trucks are weaving in and around like Ferraris, and, and you're just going, God, please be with us that we're going to survive this. You know, I'm doing 80 in the, in the slow lane, and, and people are zoom, 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 zoom. Um, or maybe you've prayed, God, be with me as I go out on Black Friday sale yesterday. Did any of you do that? You're like, I want to fight a good deal, but I also want to survive, you know. Um, Or maybe on a more serious side, we pray, God, be with us as we go through this job interview. Or God, be with us as we're waiting for these test results. Or God, be with us as we're dealing with this doctor's appointment. Or God, be with my children as they grow up. That's a prayer, prayer we pray. Or God, be with my aging parents. Or God, be with me. As I take my final exams this week or this month, many of you are taking. By the way, I think God's response to that prayer is probably, okay, I'll be with you as you take your exam, but you should still study. Those things go hand in hand. God, you be with me. Maybe you should pray that God will be with you in studying, right? Keep your weight. Think about the power that we're talking about today. That God, the creator of the universe, is with us. I don't think we get that as well as we should. In fact, maybe you're here today and you would say, well, Jerry, I just don't know that I believe that. Maybe you've never made a decision to trust, to trust God or to trust Jesus Christ and that he came, that he lived, that he died on the cross to pay your sins so that you could be forgiven and have a relationship with him, so that you could eventually have an eternal home in heaven with him. If that's you and you're here today and you've never made that decision to put your trust in Jesus as your Savior. My hope, my prayer is by the time we're finished today that that you will put your hope and you will put your trust in Him. Maybe you're here today or watching online and, and you're already a Christian. But you don't feel like God has been with you lately. Maybe this year you felt like God has abandoned you or that He's not been with you the last few months. Maybe you're going through a difficult circumstance or a difficult situation. We talked about that on Thanksgiving Eve at the communion service. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, God, where are you right now? Are you really with us through all this, this mess we're going through? Well, today I hope by the end of our time together that you will know for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that, that God is with you. For some of you, maybe you're facing a very difficult season in life. Maybe this past week was a reminder of that. You sat down for Thanksgiving, and and for the first time ever, there was an empty chair there. Because someone who was here last Thanksgiving and every Thanksgiving now isn't with you anymore. And and it's a tough season for you. And as you go through difficult seasons in life, whether it's a health situation or a relationship situation or a financial situation, No matter what the difficult situation is that you go through in life, I want you to know that God is with you. And I want to talk about this power of God being with us. I want to help you to discover what it means that God is with us, Emmanuel. No matter what our situation, and to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, when you leave here today, before you leave here today, that God is with us. And it's all because 
of why Jesus came at Christmas. So if you didn't play the, the game, but you've got a pen in front of you, I'd ask you to jot down a couple of things. Not a lot of things, just a few things. Because Jesus came into the world at Christmas, the number one thing I want you to write down is, is what we've just said. God is with me. God is with me right now in this very moment, in this very room. God is with you. This is the present tense of Emmanuel. God is with me. Now, 2,000 years ago, an angel named Gabriel came to Mary, a young Jewish girl who was soon to be the mother of Jesus. And he appeared to her to let her know that God was with her right then and there in the midst of that moment, right where she was. God is with you. We actually read about this in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. You see, God is about to ask Mary to do something very important, but very difficult. God was about to ask her to bring Jesus into the world, and God knew this was not going to be an easy task. But he also wanted Mary to know that he was going to be with her. And Mary needed to know that. In fact, it's what all of us need to know, that God is with us, myself included. We all need to know this. God wants you to know that right now in this very moment, whatever you are planning, whatever you are going through, whatever you don't even know what's going to happen, that God is with you in this very moment. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you, like you know it's true. No question mark at the end of that. God is with you. All right. Sometimes it's hard to realize that God is with you when you're hurting in life. We talked about that Wednesday night, that when you're in pain, it's hard to be thankful. When you're in pain, it's hard to realize that God is with you in that pain. And I can venture a guess that probably all of us are hurting in some area of our life in some way. So know this, that Jesus is with you where you are right now. He feels your pain. He knows what it's like to be hurting. In fact, when we're hurting, Jesus comes alongside of us. When we're going through difficult town, times, he, he is there with us. When we feel lonely, when we're sick, maybe you feel like you've lost everything, Jesus, he is there. He is God with us. Whenever you're, whatever you're going through, you're not going to have to face it alone. If you're feeling lonely this Christmas, Christmas is one of the loneliest times of the year. If you're feeling lonely this Christmas, God is with you. You're not alone. If you're experiencing loss this season, God is with you. He knows what loss is like, and he can provide comfort for you. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Or maybe your relationship with your kids are struggling right now. And you just don't know what to do. You don't know how to fix it. Every time you try to fix it, it gets worse. Well, God is with you. And he's never, never, never going to leave you. If you're facing a health crisis right now, God is with you. 
Maybe there's even somebody here or watching online and, and you feel like you don't even have enough strength to carry on in this world. You don't even want to face tomorrow. Please hear me. God is with you and God will give you the desire and the reason to carry on, the strength that you need to carry on. You can lean on him. No matter what life is like, Jesus is with you. He's with you as a friend. He's with you as a strength. He's with you as your comforter. He's with you as your, as your healer. He's your guide. He's your hope. He's your shepherd. He's your savior. Now look at me because this is important. You can trust God's heart even when you can't see his hand on your life. God has not brought you this far to leave you. He is with you. He hasn't left you. And you can trust God's heart even when you can't see his hand. See, the peace of God is not the absence of adversity. Sometimes that's what we think. I'll have the peace of God. Really, it's called the peace that passes understanding. And the reason it's the peace that passes understanding is people are looking at you going, man, with everything going on in your life, how could you have peace? It's peace in the midst of chaos. It's peace in the midst of health and relationship and financial and all these other struggles that we go through. Being a Christian doesn't give you like, I never promised you a rose garden kind of a thing. God just promises to be with you through whatever it is you're going through. True peace is being fully aware of God's presence in the midst of it all. Our God is with you, and we can know that for sure. And here's why. God's love is perfect. It's unfailing. It's unconditional. It's perfect. It's consistent. Human love is not unconditional. It's conditional. It's not perfect. It's imperfect. Sometimes people will bail on you. They'll abandon you. They'll, they'll even betray you. But God's love, unconditional. He will always be with you. If everyone else were to walk out of your life, God would be the last one there. First one there and last one there. Emmanuel doesn't just mean God is with us sometimes. It means God is with us all the time. He is unfailing, unwavering, and he does not change. Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All of us, no matter what, can know for sure that God is with us right now. Right now, always, Emmanuel means God is with us. But it, does, it doesn't mean just God is with us. The second thing I want you to write down is Emmanuel also means God was with me. God was with me. This is the past tense of Emmanuel. God was with me. God was there. You know, sometimes it's a lot easier to see God through kind of the rearview mirror of life. When you look back, sometimes you can connect the dots and go, oh, God was with me when that was happening. Oh, God was with us. When we were going through that storm, I couldn't see it 
because it was so dark, it was so cloudy, it was so stormy, the waves were too high. But as I look back now, sometimes it's easier for us to see that God was with us. We can see his active hand in our life. One of the stories in the Bible, one of my favorite ones that, that is a perfect example of this is the story of Joseph. Not Mary's Joseph from this story, but the Old Testament Joseph, whole different Joseph. You see, Joseph was a little boy, and he had some big, big dreams, but his brothers, they, they hated him. They even contemplated killing him, but decided to be gracious and only sold him into slavery. He had good brothers, I guess. And he spent years going in and out of slavery, years going in and out of prison. He was constantly being falsely accused and, and punished. And maybe if you've read that story or you've heard that story, you think, where was God in Joseph's trials? Well, lucky for us, Genesis, in the middle of that story, tells us the answer. Genesis thirty nine twenty one says, The Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. As it turns out, God was in prison with Joseph. You could even say that for Joseph, the pit became the passage that led him to the palace where he became second in command in Egypt, and God led Joseph to that position to save countless numbers of people, including his own family. God was with Joseph in the pit, in Potiphar's house, in prison. And that God wasn't, that's not the only place we see God with his people. Not even the only place we see God in, in prison. God was with Paul when he was in prison. God was with, was with Peter when they were in prison. God has been with his people all through Scripture. Have I mentioned lately you should read your Bible? If you read your Bible, you'll see God with his people always. God was with Noah when everybody thought Noah was crazy. He's building this boat in the middle of nowhere. How are you even going to get that to the ocean? You know, um, God was with Noah. He was with David, through all the poor decisions David made. I love David because he makes, so, he makes such a big mess of things. It gives me encouragement that God can be with me even in my messes that I create. David made so many poor decisions. God was with him through all his mistakes. God was with Daniel in the lion's den. God was with the three Hebrew slaves in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We talked about that story a few years ago. A couple of summers ago. In fact, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, looks into the, into the furnace. He says, didn't we put three in there? He says, yeah, we put three in there. He says, I see a fourth one. He says, I see someone with them. And he says, and, in, and that one was like the Son of God. Even the pagan king recognized God is with his people all the time. And God was with you. In each and every one of your tough seasons. Even in times where we turn our back on God. And we're like, you do you, I'll do me. And we go our own way. God still stays with us. We've talked about that. You can't go anywhere on this planet, anywhere in the universe, that God isn't already there. Even if you choose not to acknowledge him, God is still with us. Again, sometimes you can only see that through the rearview mirror when you look back to, hmm, 
he moved us here. I hated that decision, but God was in that. He was with us. Or, or this happened, and I lost so much, and I hated that, but now I can look back and say, oh, God was with us. He was in that. He was working in the background. There's so many things we can look back and see how God was with us. Now, think, out of, think of a time in your life where you had difficulty. Maybe you saw your marriage falling apart. And you didn't know how it would survive. But you did survive. And God was with you. Maybe you had a serious health. Even if your marriage didn't survive, you survived. God was with you. Maybe you had a serious health crisis and you didn't know if you were going to pull through. They were, uh, they were giving you numbers and odds. Well, you know, we don't know. We can't promise. And, you know, and, and you're here today. You pulled through. God was with you. Maybe you were caught up in an addiction at one point. Drugs, alcohol, any number of things. And, and it felt like it had you stuck. And you thought, I'm going to have to live like this for the rest of my life. It's going to cost me. It might cost me my life. Maybe now you're clean and you've broken that addiction. You've made it through. God was with you. No matter what your situation was, you made it through. You're still here. No matter how hard it got, God was with you. And he's still with you. Even if you felt alone, God was with you every step of the way. And sometimes looking back is the only way that you can see that. You need to look back for those spiritual markers. All right, so I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to tell them this same thing. God was always with me. Tell them. And now you tell them back, well, God is always with you, too. All right, next, next time you face a difficult situation in your life, and you don't know when that's going to be. You, if you're not in a difficult situation right now, I hate to tell you this, one's coming. Okay, you're either just coming out of one or you're in one or one's coming. Problems land like airplanes in Atlanta. You know, they're like, they're just, they're, they're circling you waiting for their opportunity to land in your life. And when you go through that, you got to realize, no, oh, God's with me. He always was with me and he is with me. God is always with me. God was always with me. Finally, the last Thing Emmanuel means, write this down, God will be with me always. God will be with me always. This is the future tense of the word Emmanuel. Present, past, and future. God is with me. God was with me. God will be with me always. Jesus who is called Emmanuel, will be with me always. You see, God just doesn't set the world in motion and say, hey, good luck, you guys. You know, he didn't just like pull a little ripcord and just spin it out there like a top and we're going to see how long this goes, angels. He says, no, I am with you. I have always been with you. I am with you right now. And I will always, always, always be with you. I will be with you always. This is the hope that we have, the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, that God is with us, he always was with us, and he will be with us. Now think about Mary for just a moment. If Mary could have seen her future, she didn't know 
I imagine it was just enough to take in that you are going to be pregnant without ever knowing a man. It's going to be an immaculate conception. And you're going to have to tell your fiance. That's probably as far in the future as she could deal with. You know what I mean? She had no idea when the angel spoke these things that God was always going to be with her and how much or how many things God was going to be with her in. Now, if she had known the future, she probably would have said something like this. She would have said something like, you know, God will be with me when I tell Joseph that I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And God will be with me when I give birth to this child in a cave. Because Joseph refused to use Expedia and book or Google Maps and get directions. Or I, How did that husband get there and not have reservation at the end, right? Or there was no room. People are Googling this. Don't Google that. She would have said, God is going to be with me when I tell Joseph. God is going to be with me when I give birth in a stable or a cave. God is going to be with me when we have to run for our lives in the middle of the night and move down to Egypt because the king is trying to kill my baby. That's a good thing. She didn't know all this. That God was going to be with me when I watched my son perform all these miracles and the crowds press in. That God was going to be with me when I saw my son betrayed and accused and beaten and sentenced to death on the cross. That God was going to be with me when I watched my son take his last breath as I stood at the feet of Roman soldiers. And that God was going to be with me in those three long days and long nights after Jesus' death. And that God was going to be with me on that resurrection morning when the stone was rolled away and Jesus Christ was raised to new life. And he overcomes sin and the power of sin and death and the grave. Mary didn't know the future, but she trusted God, not knowing the future. She trusted that God is with me, that God was with me, and that God will be with me no matter what I face. And I would say that that is the choice that we have to make. The same is true for me and you. We can trust in the same thing. If we could see, that, if we could see the future, we would know. That God is going to be with us as well. God's going to be with you, young people, when you go off to college. God's going to be with you. God's going to be with you, old people like me, when you step into retirement. God's going to be with you. God will be with you in the future if it's your calling to give birth to a baby. God will be with you as you go through the pains of life, like miscarriages, through the joys of life, the thrills of a new marriage, new opportunity. God will be with you in your losses and in your gains, in your pains and in your joys. God will be with you always. Emmanuel, God is with us. He will be with you every step of the way until you take your final breath. I officiated at a small funeral yesterday for a dear saint, someone who attended our church, 
90 years old, lived for Jesus. I thought, man, if I live for Jesus and then quickly kind of go and be with him for 90 years here and then slip right into eternity, it doesn't get much better than that. Married almost 74 years to the same woman. You've got to start young. If you're going to be married 75 years, really young. But God will be with you whether you live to be 90 or 100 or you just live nine more days till your last breath. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, like Mr. Leon, God will be with you all through eternity. You'll be with him. You see, we can't see the future. We don't know what tomorrow holds, what next year holds. Everybody's assuming 2022 will be a whole lot better. 2021 to 2020. Some of y'all complained about 2019. Remember that, man. I can't wait till 2020 when things all be great. What were you thinking? See, we don't know the future. God knows the future. We don't have to know the future. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But we can trust God because he does. And we can trust that no matter what we go through, pandemic, mandemic, whatever it is, God will be with us no matter what we face. God will be with us always. In fact, let's say that phrase together. Let's just say it all out loud together at the same time. God will be with me always. You ready? Go. God will be with me always. Look at this promise from the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8. By the way, Romans 8 is one of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible. I say that all the time. You should memorize all of Romans 8. Romans 8, 28, we quote all the time. This is Romans 8, 38. Look, just 10 verses. It even gets better. He says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our what? Worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen and amen. You see, Jesus came into this world at Christmas time not to just be born and live. He came specifically for the purpose to die. Jesus was born in Bethlehem so he could die on Calvary. And he could rise from the dead in Jerusalem. He came so that our sins can be forgiven. Don't have any doubt in that. Because 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah the prophet said, O come Emmanuel. The night Jesus was born, the angel said, He is here to give forgiveness for the sins of the world. Nothing will ever separate you from the love of God, even if you don't accept him. He will love you till your last dying breath. And nothing will take his presence away. He will be in your life, working in your life, whether you accept him and are a child of God or not. And nothing's going to separate you from that. Not sickness, not death, not divorce, not financial troubles, not sin. Nothing can change the truth that God loves you. Nothing can change the truth that God is with you and that he was with you. And he will be with you. 
Look at the promise that Jesus makes in Matthew 28. He says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. The question for you is not, is God going to be with you? The question for you is, are you with him? Have you bowed the knee to Christ and said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I want to be a child of God. Because although God will be with you your entire life on this planet, regardless of your decision, you won't be with him unless your sins that have been paid for by Jesus are forgiven by applying that payment to your account. Are you with him? Have you made the decision to trust Jesus as your Savior? Have you not just said, I believe Jesus died and rose again, but I put my trust in him and I accept his payment as payment for my sins? If you never have done that, I want you to do that today. I want you to start this Christmas season. Not only God is with me, but I want you to start this Christmas season and I'm with him. I'm in him. I'm in Christ Jesus because I've accepted his free gift of salvation and forgiveness of my sins. Like so many of us have. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we don't have to go through life alone. That you have promised that you will be with us from the moment we draw our first breath until the moment we breathe out our last. God, you have promised that you will be with us. Now, I know there may be some who are here today or who are watching online or from the pavilion that maybe for the first time ever, you're beginning to believe you're beginning to say, you know what? I believe that's true. I believe that God is with me. He has been with me. Even though I haven't followed him, I haven't been with him, he's been with me. Maybe for the first time ever, you're coming to the place where you're realizing you've never said yes to the free gift of forgiveness and eternal life that God offers to you through His Son, Jesus Christ. And if that's you right now in this moment, would you just pray this prayer quietly in your heart? Would you just say, God, thank you. Thank you for being with me. Even when I didn't realize it. God, you were with me. And I'm tired of living life just for myself. I want to live for you. I want to be with you. Jesus, thank you for being born. And thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And thank you for the resurrection. God, because of that, I can have new life. And eternal life with you in heaven. Here's your prayer. Say this, say, Jesus, please come into my life today. I want to trust you and live for you from this day forward. 
Now, there may be some of you here today who maybe you've lost sight of God's presence in your life. You're a Christian. Jesus is your Savior. But the storms of life have kind of blinded you. So just right now, would you just thank God for being with you here in this moment? Say, thank you, God, for being with me. Would you thank God for the difficult times in your past when he has been with you? Even if you didn't acknowledge it or realize it, would you just thank him for that right now and say, God, thank you that you've, you've always been with me. And as we look forward to our future, can we all pray and say, God, thank you that you will always be with me. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for, for being with us, for always being with us. And we know that you will be with us in the future. Thank you. Oh, come, Emmanuel. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Hi, it's Mel. Hopefully what you heard today will enable you to celebrate this Christmas season on a much deeper level. Have a great week and be sure to join us again next Sunday. See ya.